Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. As Russian troops amassed on the border with Ukraine last year, Putin gave a lengthy speech about Russia's, quote, common heritage with Ukraine. In it, he claimed that Ukrainian and Russian are essentially the same language, distinguished only by European powers to undermine the Russian Empire. But a trip to the National Opera House in Ukraine reveals a more nuanced history of competing empires, censorship, and survival. From Kyiv, NPR's Yulian Haida reports. For almost three months, this grand opera hall sat silent. Only the sounds of distant rocket fire and air raid sirens could be heard at times. But today, the Kyiv Opera Company is back. And they're doing it with a Ukrainian opera. They're performing Natalka Poltavka, a romantic drama in three parts, all sung in Ukrainian folk songs. Natalia Nikolaishin plays the title role. This is our music. It's very close to us, she tells me. But when the composer Mikola Lysenko wrote this opera almost a century and a half ago, Ukrainian music had a much harder time getting its due on stage. The opera's archivist, Larissa Tarasenko, says that the history is bloody and it's complicated. Just four years before Russian imperial authorities built this opera, they banned the publication of Ukrainian-language books and music, Tarasenko says. Mikola Lysenko, the composer, refused to translate some of his works into Russian, meaning that they wouldn't get performed on imperial stages. The Kyiv Opera, after all, was only the third opera house in the empire after Moscow and St. Petersburg. It was built for Russian aristocracy to enjoy imperial arts. Even Lysenko's Russian contemporary, Pyotr Tchaikovsky, encouraged him to get over his hang-ups on language. Now, more than a century later, and after three months of all-out war with Russia, the tide has turned. The artists at the Kyiv Opera have sworn off Russian music. The opera's main director, Anatoly Solovyanenko, tells me that nobody can separate politics from culture. That's a sentiment that's pretty widely felt among the audience here. After the show, I ask eight-year-old Katusha if she enjoyed the opera. Yes, she says. It's part of a whole cultural tour her mom has planned around Kyiv after fleeing Mariupol. Kids have to know what their culture is about and what the stakes are, she says. Yulian Haida, NPR News, Kyiv. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit SAATVA.com slash NPR and save an additional $200. This message comes from NPR sponsor Linda Mood Bell. Linda Mood Bell's summer instruction for reading, comprehension, and math can help students catch up or get ahead. 
Summer instruction is designed to help children feel more confident, prepared, and excited about learning and school in the fall. Linda Moodbell's evidence-based approach is individualized for all types of students with challenges that affect learning, including dyslexia. Learn more at lindamoodbell.com NPR. The economy right now is bewildering, impenetrable, inconceivable. Not when you have the indicator of podcast in your ears. In under 10 minutes every day, we simplify the complicated news like... How does inflation drop? What the heck is a SPAC? Why are trendy little high-fiber sodas suddenly dominating store shelves? And more. Listen to The Indicator from Planet Money and NPR.